Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to One Media and One Media, where we take two pieces of media and oh my goth, we're at the end of oh my goth month. I'm so sad. Very, very, very sad. But we are going to top it off or end it with two obscure pieces of media. One is autoluminescent and the other one is 12 Rounds, My Big Hero, which you really don't hear much about. And what's more goth than being obscure? Thank you. (laughs) So we're going to talk about autoluminescent and it's a documentary about Roland S. Howard or Rowland S. How- Howard. Oh, uh, I always say Roland. Yeah, but it's R O W L A N D. So Rowland. Is that how they say it in the documentary? I think it sounds like Roland, but still. It's Roland. <laughs> yeah, Roland. And you know what's really messed up about the Wikipedia? There's nothing in there. They're cool. Uh, it was released October 27th, so pretty close to Halloween. 2011. It was directed by Lynn Marie Milburn and Richard Lowenstein. And they both do kind of rockumentaries and art documentaries. And obviously, they would be really attached to doing something like this. And if you don't know who Roland S. Howard is or Roland S. Howard is, he kind of started the birthday party or the boys next door. It was the boys next door first, and then it changed into the birthday party. And then there was a split and it created Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And then I guess crime and the city solution. I didn't really know that much history about Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, so it was kind of cool to hear how it became Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and I had no clue about any of this. And unfortunately, Roland S. Howard, he went a different direction, and I don't think it really ended too well for him. I mean, he ended up dying in 2009 at 50 because of all the crazy drugs he did. He didn't die of a overdose, but he had chronic hepatitis C, which they don't really talk about. He basically died of liver failure, which is really unfortunate. It is a really good documentary, though. I really dug it. Also, I like to learn about obscure bands and how it all started. And if you're into Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, the first half is basically about Nick Cave. And it's him talking about how brilliant Roland S. Howard is. And he has some amazing songs. You could totally just dig into his solo work and it's all really good. And even this the birthday party, I mean, just listening to it and checking that out, you could totally hear the precursor to the bad seeds. I don't know what else to really say about it except for check it out. And I don't want to ruin too much about it for anybody. Oh, well, I think you know. it was a really well done documentary. Yes. I think they kept a very like poetic and artistic way of doing things, which really in line with Rowan S. Howard's music scene. Yes. Like because yes. he also was a poet. And so I feel like it was created by people who really appreciate his music and his art. So that was really nice. It is like the origin story for Nick Cave in a lot of ways too. Yeah. His sound really changed when he met Roland. Like it was such a huge influence and the songs Roland would write was really powerful to Nick Cave's. Yeah. I think it's kind of funny that 
Okay, so in the birthday party, he had this eccentric, crazy guitarist, and then the band broke up, and he created Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and he got another eccentric, <laughs> crazy guitarist, Blixa of Neubotten fame. So I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And then it was interesting to hear about Australian artists at that time, because oh, it's yeah. like they they were so tight-knit, and they still were through the years like they speak very highly of each other they right seem to have known each other a lot so that was kind of neat to see and how they traversed europe and yeah, the u.s yeah. and interacted with other artists from different countries yeah i love their whole entire goal was to move to england and become big and expose their music all over europe and at the time england was just doing kind of synth pop stuff they were just too dark for them yeah, <laughs> that was funny. The documentary doesn't get into like drama or super detailed it about some things. It explains it, but doesn't over amplify it or anything. Right, I guess that's what I right. want to say. And so that's when the drugs kick in. And so that is spoken about Roland S. Hard's struggle with drugs. And then, right. you know, he was in multiple other bands. And My biggest complaint about the movie, they made it seem like Roland S. Howard was the lead singer for Crime and City Solution. Crime and City Solution is still going on without him, and it kept going. And it wasn't started by him. It was started by this other guy, which was kind of interesting. Like uh, he joined it he joined at some point? Yeah, exactly. What was, was his long-term band with his creative-slash-life partner? Uh, <laughs> these are Mortal Souls, which was kind of a variation of the Bad Seeds in a way, too. Yeah. It was really interesting, but it was good. It was good. I feel like we should play some of the tunes that they talked about, actually. Oh, yeah, that would be cool. I want to know what the song is that he wrote and sang, but then Nick Cave decided he was the only one that's going to sing it. Shivers. Oh. It's like his most famous song, I thought. Well, it's the legendary song that he wrote at 16. Begun to bleed suicide, but it really doesn't suit my style. So I think I'll just act for instead. Seen the blood I would have shed She makes me feel so Alright, yeah, that's great breakup music. It was funny though, because he wrote it at 16 in a sarcastic manner. Like he had yeah. a sense of humor about it. Like it was dark and then I never loved it. And then Nick Cave decided to sing it almost in a serious manner and make it beautiful. Right. And, and like heart wrenching. So, but that was still Roland S. Howard singing Shivers, and it, it didn't sound sarcastic to me. I guess that, like, it's like 
It was meant to be, but yes, you're very right about the that. The deadpanness of it, like it, that it's simple, not like sung yeah. in a ballad, how it ended up being yeah. translated into like a ballad. Like it, I think that was where the humor was. You know, like a dark sense humor. He's very goth, in my opinion. He, he is very goth. He was the epitome of goth. And he is also a hopeless romantic. He always just fell in love with some girl, either they couldn't handle him. He had one life partner. You're right. That was like on and off, but like they were always yeah. very close, which I think is really sweet. That's very romantic. But then yeah. yeah, before that, I think they said he was constantly falling in love with women who didn't love him. So it was like, he is always the one <laughs> interested. And that's <laughs> right. got our gothy love. Yes. Yes. And his hair is always dyed black. Mm-hmm. Very pale. <laughs> very pale when he was younger. Tortured. Uh, tortured, smoked cigarettes all the time. It's all goth. Did a song with Lydia Lynch, which we played last week. Yeah, they uh, collaborated. And they collaborated on a band as well. Yeah, I can't remember the so name a of sh- that band. A Shotgun Wedding Shotgun was their wedding. band. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah, it's really good. And if you're interested in that whole entire Australian scene, definitely check it out. But just be warned, if you're in it for Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, it's only for the first part. (laughs) Yeah, because it's not about Nick Cave. Yeah, it's not about Nick Cave. It's about (laughs) Roland S. Howard. And I think it highlights the fact that their sound came from somewhere, but it came from them. Yes. It's not just Nick Cave sound or just Roland S. Howard sound. Like it's right. like they combined and created this really interesting sound. Right, right. And it was unfortunate because of them just being lifelong friends and then doing a bunch of drugs and touring together and kind of hating each other, but creating this amazing sound in the end. You know, because they're just playing gigs nonstop. And, but it was pretty exciting to see Nick Cave. I really thought it was funny when they talked about their split. And then he was like looking back on it because they were so young. They were kind of yeah. just in a slump. It was like a small slump in comparison. It was like, why did we break up over something so minor? Like, they could have been the greatest goth band ever or 80s band ever. They were creating the sound that wasn't being recognized just yet but i mean i could see them easily playing with the cure Susie, and all they were just a little bit too early well i guess also birthday party was too dark and loud and and chaotic totally but still it's along the line of the scene that was about to happen Bauhaus and all that they were just a wee bit months too early that's why everyone should know about them yeah, yeah, because let's see, the birthday party broke up, oh, come on, in 1983. So they were just right there at the cusp of it. That's so sad. Let me play some other tunes because his music Something is from really... from the birthday party? No, from his solo stuff. Oh, yeah. It's really, really good. Like teenage snuff film. The thing I do like about his music or his lyrics, it really does sound like it's coming from the heart where I think that Cave is more of a storyteller in his music. At times it sounds like he, it's coming from the heart, but other parts of it, it, it really does sound like it's just like these crazy stories about love. So it's a little bit different about how they do it. Okay, so I'm going to play She Cried. When I told her I did not love her anymore 
told her Her kisses were not like before She cried She cried All right <laughs> But yeah, all his music is just pretty much about just singing from the heart and emotion, which is really cool. Let's play something from Birthday Party. On the popular, number one is Mr. Clarinet and Release the Bats has 1.2 million. So let's do Release the Bat. Here we go. That's badass. <laughs> I like it a lot. So I recommend it. Yeah, spend Halloween watching this. Yes, you should. And then go on <laughs> Spotify and then look up Roland S. Howard and all his side projects and appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> all right. We'll be right back. And we are back, and we are going to talk about one of my favorite albums, which I actually found randomly at my old work in San Francisco when I used to work at a salon. And it was just sitting there on top of all these CDs. We used to play a lot of house music and electronic music because it was the late 90s. And it just happened to be there, and I took it. And I saw, oh, yeah, I saw something that said, Nothing Records. And I knew that it's Trent Reznor's label, so I just took it and I listened to it. I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. And so I kept it with me for almost 20 years, 21 years or so, which is in the collection. So they have another album, and it's called Jitter Juice. And that album, it gets really quiet. And then the big thing is that it will get really loud and kind of distorted. They're a British rock group. It was formed by Atticus Ross of Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor fame and Claudia, and I guess they are married now. It was released in 1998, and that's all I really know about it. It's weird. This album... There's not much information about it. In 96, they toured with Sneaker Pimps, and Something's Burning was on a soundtrack called All Over Me. And they supported and toured with Marilyn Manson during Mechanical Animals. So during that time, in the West Coast of America, we got L7. East Coast, I think, got Rasputina. And then in Europe, they got 12 Rounds. 
That's interesting. That's an interesting setup, like breakdown of it. Because listening to them, I was like, oh, it just reminds me of that time period so much. It's so fun. And I actually was like, they kind of remind me of, and in a weird way, sneaker pimps. I'm like, they don't sound like them, but there's something weird. There's like a sound to her voice that was popular then. Like, yes. um, Right. So yeah, you're very right about that. Okay. And so I like, but I really like that sound. So I was like, oh, I kind of, and then like you said with Marilyn Manson, like it's like, and then the Nine Inch Nails influence. Yeah. So, okay. So the reason why they do kind of have like this weird Nine Inch Nails sound to it is because Trent Reznor produced it. It's really weird because there used to be more information about this album showed who actually performed on it and who produced it and who mixed it. But it's not even there anymore on Wikipedia. It's so strange. There's so, not like a movie database for albums like IMDb. I don't think so. There should there be. There should be. Maybe there is. <laughs> the music industry is so f- so I, I doubt it. I mean, there's so much stuff out there that never gets any credit. And this is one of them. And I, yeah, Trent Reznor produced this album and I guess he was so taken by Atticus Ross. Now Atticus Ross is his kind of right-hand man. So they still work together. Oh yeah. 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 They've won Grammys together. They do soundtracks together. He's in Nine Inch Nails now. And I guess during the time when Nothing Records was breaking up, they went through a bunch of um, legal stuff to get their third album back and they got it back finally, but they never released it. They released one song and it's amazing. I put it in our little spreadsheet there. For 12 rounds? Yep. Wow. Yeah. So that's all I know, (laughs) unfortunately. So there's like a mysterious third album that never got released? Nope. And Shine On is so... Did you listen to that song? Elaine's looking at me like, no. I think in February we're going to have maybe a uh, romance album and then maybe a breakup songs or playlist. And this is definitely one of them. It is so sad. It's, it's just It just sounds like she's just giving up and she is going, okay, go on. You're going away from me. And yeah. Let's see here. It is a goth song. (laughs) It is is so goth. Here we go. Here we go. Hello, this is Takeshi from the future. I just want to retcon what I just said a second ago. I am editing this podcast and I realized that I said something wrong. If you actually go to the website, they didn't release one song. It's actually my favorite song that they released that was supposed to be on their third album, but they actually released three songs. So check it out at 12rounds.net.
my god, it's so sad. It's so good. It's very beautiful. It is. It is. Okay, so let's talk about the album. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, did she move on and go into any other bands or no. projects on her own? Ah. No. I love her voice. Her voice to me is a little nasally, but you could tell that she could sing. And then the other funny thing about the album on Spotify is it's missing a song because they sample Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Okay, so here is the... The missing Spotify song. It's Where Fools Go. So it's obvious which song they took. It's a uh, red right hand. So it's obvious they took it. So <laughs> I guess the other label wouldn't release. Yeah, they couldn't get the rights for it. Unfortunately, it's a great song. It is a really good song. Uh, I like that. That's one of my favorites now. Yeah, yeah, totally. The cool thing about it is it does have all these weird earworms in it. Where you can hear her whisper on one side of your ear and one side of the speaker versus the other. And everything's just really heavily panned. So they'll have just guitars on one side and this weird noise on the other side. And I love that type of stuff. And you're right. It does have that 90s sound to it. Anything else? Or what do you think of it? I really liked it. I thought it was a great album. It deserves more love. It does. It does. Because like when we say 90s, it doesn't sound dated. It just is like a classic sound that you don't hear anymore. So I'm like, ah, it's so fun. It's so good and yeah. energizing. Yeah, um, definitely. I think it's Sunshine, one of their rowdier songs. I think I like that one. <laughs> Yeah, that is kind of a rowdy song. Yeah, I love the opening song because it's just like, this is what you're going to get into. <laughs> but yeah, and also one of my other favorite, like all the songs are actually pretty good on here. Yeah, I wish they made more albums. I wish they were still together. Maybe they are. I mean, they're married for Christ's sake. <laughs> Supposedly. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know it's only been 22 years, but still. Reunion. Um, I guess they did play together in 2014 for some weird obscure show. <laughs> definitely is a band. I'm glad you brought up because it is something that fits well in 
the theme for this month and um, in that time period of music, it for you sure. need to know it. Like it rounds out the other niches that were built out. And the fact that no one really knows about them. And even on Atticus Ross's own Wikipedia, he doesn't even mention it. <laughs> well, someone wrote his Wikipedia. They just don't know. <laughs> right? Whoever writes it. Whoever, yeah, whoever he hired to write it, I guess Atticus Ross is what people really do. They hire other people to write their Wikipedia. They probably do, yeah. And they could fill it in if you they want. You could add it. You could be adding to this. Yeah, I could. I mean, I, <laughs> I, one time I did add to somebody's Wikipedia, and I felt kind of bad because I realized maybe he didn't want anybody to know that he was associated with the act, even though he does write music with them. It's just one of those weird, obscure things, and I figured he would probably just remove it. <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to. I remove stuff on Wikipedia. You can, but, yeah. but I don't know if you can for your own own page. Oh, that's so strange. No, it makes sense kind of because it's like then you would be manipulating your own information. One of these days we're going to cover uh, Christian death. Oh, my God. It was so funny seeing the weird flame wars on the Christian deaths, Roz Williams, that era of what happened on the wiki because you could tell that they were arguing within the, the paragraphs and then it got locked so no one could add to it really yeah it That's was awesome. so funny dude <laughs> it's like actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah this I, is what happened <laughs> yeah yeah because there's a lot of controversy with that band in general because Roz Williams kind of went and did his own thing, but Christian Death was his baby. And then Valar kept the name and then continued Christian Death without him, even though he wrote all the songs and everything. So there was a big legal battle. And then, then Roz, maybe eight to 10 years later, wrote another Christian Death album, even though there was another Christian Death. <laughs> Yeah. I say we bring it up for Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it'd be perfect. It's like a epitome of like a dysfunctional family gathering. Yeah. So, yeah, I do wish there was more albums. I do wish Claudia was more recognized as this amazing singer. And you are right. It does kind of remind me of that era of Portishead and Sneaker Pimps. She has a very unique voice, and we don't really hear that anymore. Nowadays, it's just... Except for Billie Eilish. I mean, her voice is pretty unique. But. It's unique, but it's not like this. It's, you know, it always feels like a, some trend of voice kicks over. We'll have to make our own little fan page for her. Yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Include 12 rounds in any Halloween mix. No, seriously. Yeah, it's always an album I do go back to, too, so I'm kind of happy. I'm able to share it finally. Yeah, it's definitely going to go in my rotation. <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> it's, it's just sad that it's, it's either because of the legal battles with nothing records or something. I don't know. They just didn't continue. And We're going to ask 12 rounds to please explain themselves. <laughs> Please be interviewed on something or another. <laughs> Contact us. Yeah. Then we can find out what happened. I'm sure whenever 
Atticus Ross is being interviewed, they they don't really ever ask about 12 rounds. (laughs) Well, we need to get somewhere so we (laughs) can be like, oh, yeah, what are you wearing? And what happened to 12 rounds? What happened to 12 (laughs) rounds? It's an amazing band. Please. Yeah, I know. That's all I care about. (laughs) I mean, if you look at what Atticus Ross has been doing, I mean, it's pretty amazing. He's won awards for all the soundtracks he's done. Okay, so from 2008 to to today, he's been working with Trent Reznor with doing different things. Like they did Black Mirror, The Watchmen, Death Note. That Netflix uh, live action, Bird Box, Broken City. I mean, they've been doing so much work together, so he's not sleeping. He Uh, doesn't have time for 12 rounds. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And he's helped produce and program with Nine Inch Nails since with Teeth, so he's been with them for about 15 years, which I don't like a lot of those helms, but that's just my own opinion. (laughs) You could think what you want. <laughs> Just throw that out there real quick. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm working on all the albums I don't like, but okay. He's been very, very busy. But I want Claudia to be doing something. <laughs> yeah, we want her back. We want her back. Yeah, She would be, you know, you mentioned Rasputina. It's like she, they would do an interesting sound together. Oh my goodness. For a while, that, that was my dream ticket would be to see... Rasputina and 12 rounds together. Yeah. That's our other request. (laughs) (laughs) Laura, Claudia, (laughs) they must know each other. Queens of Obscure. Yeah. Get together, create a song. Yeah. Yeah. I wish there was more. (laughs) Seriously. Well, let's, we'll, we'll write some letters and start a petition yeah yeah i mean and we'll cherish our two albums uh, plus one song well yes yes you should definitely check out jitter juice it is good but it's very different because it doesn't have that nine inch nails trent reznor sound to it in any way shape or form so here let me let me find something on there To find my dog I miss him so
Yeah. So anyway, that's why I mean, starts off quiet and then it gets really loud. Takeshi. Yes. In my life, pre Takeshi, there was Max Steele, who's like friend in high school, and he was like, you with being very into obscure music and like finding things out and stuff. This was on a mix he made me. <laughs> and so I knew, I was like, why is her voice so familiar? And then you play this. I'm like, oh my God, I know this song. This is like one of my favorite songs. Oh. It's very exciting for me. So wow. it was like traveling back in time. Yeah, it was on a mix with lots of different things that, you know, like Lydia Lunch and Jarbo and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Melt Banana, like just all oh, like an insane mix of music a lot of women's voices and this is one of them i was like why is her that voice is so familiar hilarious. now it clicks in i'm gonna love that album yeah yeah well i'll put it in our spreadsheet <laughs> i love that like yeah where it's quiet and it builds and then it goes it just explodes right it's cool i checked maybe six songs and that's what the whole entire thing is it's like to me it's kind of like jump scares <laughs> <laughs> It's a good and maybe a mix, yes, you know, yes. like maybe not every song, but like when you mix it up, like that song to me is so classic and gorgeous. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And I don't know. Yeah, I guess 10 in a row. I'm not sure. Where with My Big Hero, everything's balanced. Yeah. There's only a few songs that kind of does it, but everything is very balanced and there's nothing like quiet. And then boosh. Yeah. Oh, that makes like 15-year-old me so happy to have hear that again. <laughs> I'm glad you recognized her voice and you heard that song before. I recommend it for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it took a good two minutes for it to get that loud, too. So, yeah, both albums are good. I think My Big Hero is a little bit better, personally. Maybe it's just because of nostalgia and my love for that weird kind of creative mixing but yeah check check them both out but check out my big hero and make sure you get to where fools go first you have to play it in order we're listening to it off spotify but then where's the it's on youtube on youtube so yes. and then also oh we didn't mention that the documentary was on prime oh it's okay well I we guess. can link it or whatever yeah, for sure. <laughs> we'll slink it. They don't give us anything. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this puts a little book into Oh My Goth Month. I learned a lot. <laughs> I did. I had a really good time. I had a great time. It kind of just had this weird nostalgic filter through it all because some of it I did listen to when I was a kid or when I was a teenager. And, um, you know, it's okay to be goth. And embrace your gothiness. Yes, and um, we need uh, pictures of Takeshi as goth, and <laughs> you need to post those. Oh yeah, and it's on my Facebook. Good, and then obviously it's a month. We it wasn't comprehensive of every goth band that's ever existed. Yeah. So, but I think we did a good sampling, and I hope. Yeah, we'll get to it next year. Yeah, and maybe yeah. we'll have some goth pop up through the year. Yeah, totally. A goth pop up here and there. But definitely, I think Oh My Goth Month is important because there is so many good goth bands that don't ever get any credit or they're really popular still, but they do have like The Cure, per se. They don't really do that kind of dark music anymore and people might not know where it came from or 
Exactly. Know your know your dark and gothy roots. Yes, yes. And I know we didn't step into any industrial, but maybe there'll be next time and more experimental stuff. We'll see. (laughs) We only have four or five weeks of it, so Okay, so let's wrap this up. You could find me on Facebook, all social medias under Glitch Unicorn. Or- and you can add me at Sister Santos on Instagram. All right. See you next week. <laughs>